Lent this year, I gave up interrupting other people. And let me tell you, it was challenging. Imagine that. I would be counseling, and all of a sudden, in the middle of somebody talking, I would like blurt out something and explain I was trying to be more disciplined, and I was giving up this for Lent, but I just had something to say. Before our weekly staff meetings, I would write down on a notepad of paper, no interrupting. So I wouldn't forget to remember to keep my mouth closed. Of course, it was worse with my family, who bear the brunt of my interjecting before they're done talking. Since I had announced my intention for Lent so they could hold me accountable, they let me know every time I fell short of anything less than letting them finish their sentences. One of the main purposes of giving something up during the 40 days before Easter is so that we can learn to be more disciplined. It is to sacrifice something that keeps us from fully knowing who God wants us to be, to allow God to bring changes in the areas of our lives where something has a hold on us. What I have learned, again, is that being more quiet allows people to finish their good thoughts, often surprising me by what they have to say. It lets me be still which affirms that I value others as much as my own opinions, which of course I do, but that doesn't come across when I'm talking over them. Fairly early on in Lent, the Lord impressed upon me other kinds of interruptions that were in my life, like how checking my email interrupts my workflow how answering the phone with, when I'm with my family interrupts good time that we may not get back, and how often my prayers can be interrupted with the incessant conversations going on in my head about so many things. Ultimately, God showed how important of an interruption Lent is supposed to be for us. We hit the pause button for 40 days, so we are more aware of the work God is doing within us. We lament and mourn the brokenness in our world and in our souls. We focus on what is wrong, so we can be assured Easter Sunday of the one who came to make things right. We interrupt our everyday habits of regular life so that we can let go of something, something we depend on, something we want, something we look to that is rooted in this life and not in the life God has for us, something that fills us temporarily rather than filling us with the permanence of God's Spirit. After the interruption of Lent comes the glorious event of Easter that reminds us how good and holy and loving and powerful and present our God is. And we pray that somehow we have put to death one thing that is not helpful or that is harmful to our lives so that we can rise with Christ who has brought transformation to a part of us that needed to die. I don't know what your Lent looked like this year. 
Some years I have been so exhausted or inattentive, I barely did anything about it. Other years have been rich. And yet I believe that God's faithfulness always meets us somehow, no matter what we have done or what we have left undone every year. Christ comes on Easter and fills us with his glorious resurrection. We look around at the landscape of our lives and no matter what we see, we proclaim the truth of how God is victorious over sin and death. Today, our passage is 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. These are unbelievably deep words. They begin in a traditionally Jewish way as a doxology to the Lord, making the whole passage feel like a prayer. As I read it, know that in Greek, this is a run-on sentence, which makes sense because there is so much here. So 1 Peter 1, starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if for now, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. Wow, I cannot think of better words for this day to celebrate the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ than the ones we just read. These verses are beautiful. They're life-giving, and they're ones that we should be reading every day of our lives here on earth. For in them, we are reminded of what God has done. We're reminded who we are today, and we're reminded what is awaiting us in the future. Let's take a moment and see how these words from one of Jesus's most ardent disciples tells us about what the resurrection is and means. First, the resurrection is joyful. Peter begins in praise to God. He says, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father has made all things possible, including our celebration today. He is to be honored. This day is meant to be 
filled with joy, recognizing that we are part of a grand plan meant to bring everyone who has ever lived on earth into his glorious presence. The resurrection is new life. Peter tells us that we have been given new birth because of God's mercy. Mercy is the compassion the Lord shows us despite our defiance of him and our sin before him. Mercy is the sorrow he feels with us because we are helpless to make everything right on our own. God restores and redeems the brokenness of our collective and personal lives in radical and lasting ways. Hallelujah. The resurrection gives us living hope. Author Scott McKnight says that it's not so much that believers are full of hope as much as they now have a fixed hope, a clear vision of who God is, what is ensured in our future through Christ. Even though our lives are still plagued with uncertainty at many levels, Jesus is alive, and this gives us absolute confidence no matter what. The resurrection is an unchanging reality. On earth, most everything we know is temporary. Things break, they get dirty, they're destroyed, things die. Peter tells us, now we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. It is forever good and perfect. Nothing can ruin what God has brought about. We celebrate today because of Christ's victory over sin and death, because it's still true. It will be forever true, just as much as the moment as when he walked out of the tomb. The resurrection protects us. Peter says that the power of God is available to all who trust in Christ. Think of the resurrection as a covering or a blanket over us. We ask Jesus to surround us and be our shield. The resurrection makes us one with God. This was a fervent prayer of Jesus for all who would follow him. The Lord who is in us is more powerful than anything that is in the world. The resurrection helps us rejoice even in our suffering. This is a truth that Christians in every age and in every nation have has embraced and understood. We rejoice for how Jesus raises us to new eternal life. Yet we recognize the painful reality that we still live in in the world. Suffering is a main theme of this letter of Peter's. Christians were beginning to experience hardship for their faith and other difficulties. And Peter wants them to say, see that there is a purpose for their suffering, which brings us to the next truth. The resurrection makes genuine faith possible. Through adversity, we find out how truly authentic our faith is. Peter says that our faith in Christ is more precious than gold. 
Our faith is perishable, but when it comes through the fire and it's still intact, this brings praise and glory to God. People notice and see. This is one of the reasons why we know that the resurrection is real. Think about the people in your life who have been faithful, living witnesses to Christ through unbelievable hardship. When we are able to be sustained by the living hope, by the God of the universe, we know we have a genuine faith. Lastly, the resurrection helps us to love Jesus more. Peter walked with Jesus and he is encouraging the church. Although you've never seen him face to face, he says, you love him. Jesus has made himself real to those who come after the disciples in concrete ways. We too believe in an indescribable and glorious joy for every day Jesus makes himself real to us. Recall the words from the Gospel of John. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Amen. When we stop and think about it, the resurrection of our Lord absolutely interrupted life on earth. More than anything God had ever done, raising Jesus from the dead stopped. The continual progress of the wickedness and evil that was consuming the world. No longer do we need to live in fear or oppression of death. Jesus is our living hope. For all of the ways that our hearts and minds need to be transformed, for all of the shame that we need forgiven, for a path out of the suffering we experience daily, for a way to find peace with our neighbors, for healing from the traumas in our lives, for miraculous victory of godliness over that which is truly corrupt and heinous, for a lasting resolution to conflict, for the courage to end addiction, to let go of the anger and control that is controlling and ruining our relationships. Nothing is permanent now except the life offered to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, he is our living hope. With all the saints in heaven and on earth, today we celebrate Jesus, who has brought newness of life as an active reality for all who believe. The resurrection gives hope, not just because Jesus lives, but also because we live. Let us rejoice in him. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.